We're still getting copy in. Oh. Don't you just love hearing that sound, boys? Oh, I love it. It's fantastic. Oh, this is great. Welcome. Bet the Mac. Fast the mic. We'll combine them today. It's me, Enzo Orlando. We got Austin Arnold and Matt Corrali in the house. How you guys doing? Fantastic. How are you? Enzo, I'm doing freaking great. It's March Madness officially. Let's get this show on the road. Like, I'm, oh. I'm hyped. I mean, I'm hyped. We're all hyped. Of course, we got our Pass the Mic, Bet the Mac bracket challenge, a $10 buy-in. And if you pick Kent State to go to the Elite Eight or farther and that outcome happens, you get $50. Good chance of that happening, too. We can get into that later. Uh, so far, we got nine people, including uh, Austin and I, a couple other buddies of ours, uh, too, uh, Matt. And Gabe still need to sign up if they do. Who knows, really? <laughs> but get back to you on that. There's a yeah, lot of brackets yeah. to keep track of. Let's I know I'm, uh, I'm already in a definitely gonna do that three though. or four, and I'm I think only just three I'm paying for. One is for fun, so nice. trying to keep it to a minimum, not to go too crazy during March because we all know it gets really madness during these games. But yeah, when we're not doing, we weren't gonna pick Kent State, you know, because oh. Uh, to the elite because oh they're we're from Kent or you know they're the team that made lead. No, we did it because it was any Mac school. So even if Toledo would have made it, it would have been oh, if Toledo would make the elite eight or f farther in that outcome, then you get fifty dollars. So we're doing it strictly based on Mac schools. Yeah, and it, it, I guess it's weird for me this year because we want to talk about how we have a bunch of different brackets just going around. I've kind of made a creed to myself that I am only doing one bracket and I'm entering it in a bunch of bracket challenges. That's so great. I'm riding with one and we're going to see how it does. Normally I do like four or five, but I think this year in particular, I'm very confident in my bracket that I think I'm just going to enter the same one in a bunch of different pools. I'm in like maybe five or six pools right now. And a couple of them are for money. So We'll see if this one can outlast a lot of them. I, I think that I, I have a good sense of who's going to win it all this year. And as for the TV2 Sports Department, Matt Corral, you're in here, and, I, and I'm just going to say it out loud. Uh, the defending champ is back, and I'm here to claim my crown. So, yep. yeah, so all we're going right. to go some ahead reason, and get that started. All for right. some reason, Austin is just so good at fantasy football and the bracket challenge. Now, I can't explain it. There is a method to his madness, I'm sure. I can't figure it out. However, if Austin come April, what is it, 4th? Or whenever the tourney ends, if he's on top, I just will not be surprised whatsoever. Yeah, no one believed me in Kansas last year, except myself, so. No one, that's right. Yeah, no, no one, did. everyone thought Kansas was going to choke like they usually didn't. They ended no, up all comes down to great guard play, guys. But uh, let's just <laughs> go ahead and dive right into this. Yeah, let's dive right into it. Uh, we'll start briefly on the recap in the Mac tournament. Uh, I was there Thursday where I actually won over $50. So that was pretty good day for me. Um, and then Austin and Matt, you guys were there Saturday for the championship game. So let, let, let's get into that briefly on how that happened. And Kent State finally winning the Mac championship for the first time since 2017. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and jump right in. I was there Friday and Saturday. I watched the game on TV Thursday. Uh, I'll go off and just say that I was very surprised from a fan's perspective. I wasn't covering it at, at all this year. But from a fan's perspective, being there Friday for the Akron-Kent game was electric. I mean, that's about as, as electric as it can get because you know that's the rubber match, and you know that both of these schools hate each other. So with Kent State going there, on neutral court last year, they got pounced and bounced by them in the championship game, which could have sent the Kent state golden flashes to the dance. It's, it's almost like it's a full circle. You repay the favor. And that's what Kent state did in the tournament this year to Akron. They repaid the favor. They didn't forget about last year. Sure. They dropped the first game of the three that they played this year, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's hard to win at Akron. Regardless, though, this team on Friday, when I saw them play Akron, it was like, man, they're just the better team. They just had one bad outing this year against them. And they should have won by a lot more the second game. And then 
the third game, you know, you, you go the distance. You don't go to overtime. And Kent State does what they do, and they won. And then that put them in the championship game where, you know, I'll guess from my perspective, I'll transition into Saturday. It was unfinished business this year for Kent State. If Kent State did not win the MAC championship game, it would have been a failure of a year, given how they started the year. You play Houston close, you lose. You play Gonzaga close, you lose. You play Charleston College, uh, the College of Charleston, very close, you lose. Those were all road games, and you all led those games with two minutes left into the game. So it's not like you don't know how to play against these good teams. Kent State did that all year long. So I just find it symbolic from last year with this championship game. Toledo goes on this run. The last game they lose to was in Kent, Ohio. I felt confident after Friday night saying that Kent State is not going to lose to Toledo. Why? Because they've already beat him this year. They know how to beat Toledo. Toledo may be good. I'm not taking anything away from Ray J. Dennis and his great year that he had. I'm not taking anything away from the Toledo Rockets in the year that they had. They won the MAC for crying out loud. But sometimes teams know how to play against other teams. Kent State just had their number all year long. And good for Kent State to move on to the the big dance now. And it feels like this whole year was revenge for unfinished business for how last year ended. And from a fan's perspective, it was awesome because the coronation of seeing your school go to the big dances is one that you want to keep for a long time. So congratulations to Kent State first off. And Matt, I know you were covering it all three days. From a reporter's perspective, someone covering the games and all the events at Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse, how was it for you? Just take me through that experience. Yeah, it was kind of you don't realize how good a conference is until you really do your homework and until you were there because the way that it was structured, we saw pretty much every team in action. And, excuse me, I feel like both on the men's and the women's side too, the MAC was packed uh, this year. So I feel like going to the men's side for Kent State, this was a great season in the regular year, like you said, they took a couple or three really good D1 teams to the wire. And a couple of them were Power 5 schools, and one ended up being a one seed and probably one of the best teams in the country. And a lot of people are probably putting them in Houston to win the national championship on the road. So that was big. The way that I saw it was, okay, I thought Kent State going into the NIU game, I thought they would just cakewalk the Huskies. I feel like the way that, uh, yes, NIU did beat them, but I feel like the way that the Golden Flashes have played their brand of basketball over the last month plus, I feel like it was just going to be, if they just do what they do, it'll be taken care of. Now, going to Akron, that was all eyes on Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, right? It's I, In my opinion, Akron-Kent State is the greatest rivalry in mid-major college sports. I've covered it. On the men's side twice this year, I've covered it on the women's side once when they played in Kent. There's nothing quite like the tension between those two teams. They Those players do not like one another. Like, sometimes it's like in rivalries where it's like, oh, yeah, I like this one guy from this one school, even though we're rival. They do not like one another on both sides. So there was that. And then it was just a gritty performance from Kent State down the home stretch. I feel like that's what really got them into the championship game against Toledo. And that was just a testament to Rob Senderhoff's crew on being resilient, making sure that they can run with the Zips, a team that they lost to back in January at the Jar pretty handily, and a game, or excuse me, and a team that they beat in overtime at home. They made sure to finish the job, and that's exactly what they did. And against Toledo, that could have been a real coin flip. And watching that game, especially in the first half, you could really tell that this that these were the two best teams in the Mid-American Conference. For those first 20 minutes of basketball, they were going shot for shot. You didn't really have a clear winner or like a clear momentum goer into the break. But Kent State, again, they just played team basketball. Everybody got the best look, the best shot. They played almost like a San Antonio Spurs brand of ball, making sure that they want to make that extra pass to get the best look in order to convert it on the other end. They held Ray J. Dennis, who was the Mac player of the year at bay in the second half. And Kent State 
showed no dispute on why they deserve to go to the NCAA tournament. So congratulations to them. They definitely deserve it. And they did it in a conference where there is a lot of talent, but they managed to do it by playing a team brand of basketball and finish out those games. Yeah, I agree with a lot of you guys saying, you know, I was only there Thursday, but I was able to watch uh, Friday and Saturday's game too. I know going in the Friday's game, big rivalry game, uh, revenge was on Kent's mind that whole game after what happened last season. And, and they took care of business. I mean, I think Akron was a little bit shocked from that show from Kent in that game. But, hey, they Kent need to know what they do. They know, like, hey, we, we ain't letting you guys advance to the dance. You know, it's it's our year. You know, we kind of got screwed last year due to some stupid situation that happened. But, hey, I mean, they, these guys kind of matured up, too. That's why I got to say for Kent. And going into Toledo, that was the big – that was the one. Like, hey, we beat these guys earlier, but this is the MAC championship game. And they do it again. And they were able to. They I mean, the game was kept close the whole time. And then – just like that, we were able to finish and go to the big dance for the first time since 2017. So congrats. Um, you know, I did put Moneyline Kent that day, but I did take the under. Uh, but I didn't care if I lost the under. I cared if the Kent just won. I didn't care. I mean, won the Moneyline bet. Uh, it's cool. But, yeah, the reaction in Kent, I did get a couple videos. But, you know, some people, like, we had a basketball game tonight or stuff like that. So I'm like, I didn't even care posting because it, it was just – Bad reaction from a you know pretty big uh, basketball school. I'd say Kent has been. I mean, they had football too, but great performance overall from Kent State in the MAC tournament. You know, and plus from the other schools too. But you know, Kent's yeah. moving on to the dance, and now we're heading into um, their matchup against Indiana in the first round. Looking at how the books have it right now, as of today is Tuesday. Uh, you'll be listening on Wednesday. Uh, they have Kent plus four over under 140. Kent is plus 150 on the money line. Well, this is going to be a pretty close game. I mean, I know it's a 10 o'clock one, so you're going to have to stay up late. Yeah, this is going to be a great game for not only Kent State, for Indiana as well. You know, when Selection Sunday happened, Enzo, I, I looked at the lines immediately. And Kent State was plus 200 with plus five and a half. Since Sunday, obviously it's Tuesday now. This is going to come out Wednesday. The line might even go lower than what I'm saying it right now. But you're meaning to tell me that the line has already went down one and a half points. And Kent has went from plus 200 to now plus 150. The books are trying to get people to bet Kent State, I feel like, because plus 150 is great value. But let's let's take the betting out of this game. You have great guard play with Malik Jacobs and Sincere Carey. We've seen it all year long. Malik Jacobs is an elite defender. Sincere Carey is an elite scorer. And Malik can score too. But when it comes to the scoring side of things, Sincere Carey is the heartbeat that keeps the the Kent State offense going. So when I go ahead and look at who they have to play and who they match up with, Jalen Hood Shafino from Indiana, he's going to be a lottery pick this year, it seems like. Trace Jackson Davis is an All-American. So you have to go up against these great players for Indiana. But if there's one thing that we've seen from Indiana this year that – can really separate Indiana from maybe them losing in round one. It's the fact that they've been very inconsistent. When Indiana's shooting and they're on and they can't miss, this team could very well go to the Final Four to the Elite Eight. They have the players to do that. But we have also seen games this year from Indiana where they just aren't clicking. And with the great guard play that Kent State provides, I think that they can spark a challenge. Kent State has been close in games against ranked opponents this year, uh, Houston and Gonzaga especially, and those were games on the road. So I look at this game on Friday, and I know it's going to be at 10 o'clock, and it, it, in my eyes it's a primetime game because the country's going to watch this game. A lot of people are very, have been very public in saying that Kent State could easily upset Indiana, which they very well could. But I think that this is going to be a game where it's either going to go one or two ways. It's either going to be an Indiana blowout 
and all this speculation, all this hype for Kent State gets minimalized. Or we're going to see a game go down to the wire where a game winner may be eminent. So I'm excited to see what Kent State does, and I'll give the floor to anyone else on their comments on this game. But I think we're going to have a very good game for Kent State. Absolutely. I think that looking back at Selection Sunday and over the course of the two days that we've had to process who's playing who and make sure that, okay, this is where everyone's going. I feel like Kent State as a 13 or a 12. That was the general feeling that after the MAC title game, that that was the seed that we're going to pull. To me, I think that (laughs) Indiana was probably the worst draw that Kent State could have had in order for a chance to win. Indiana has been playing really good basketball in this final home stretch that we've had in the regular season. And Trace Jackson Davis is just a monster. I think he's leading the team in points, rebounds, and assists. I'm pretty sure. I could be mistaken, but at least that's from what I remember. But I'm not saying that Kent State can't win this game. They definitely can. Everyone just needs to be on their A game from tip-off to the final horn. That's what it's going to take for Kent State to win this game. And if that's the case, that might be a wire-to-wire finish. Kent State can definitely hang around with Indiana. They can hang around with anybody in the country on their best day. But in the grand scheme of things, in the rule of if they were to play this game nine times out of ten, I'd pick Indiana. I think that's and I think that's what's going to happen. I feel like that their offense is just way too much for Kent State to handle, even though they are a very good defensive team. I just think Indiana has a lot of weapons. And especially if Kent State comes out of the gate slow, I feel like that could really set the golden flashes back against a team like this on a stage that they've never had before. Now, if Sincere Carey, who Austin, like you said, is the heart and soul of this team, has a game where he drops like 40-45, he can definitely put Kent State into a position where they can win the game in the final moments, especially with the fact that you have Malik Jacobs, like you said, who's a great defender. You have Myron Thomas and Chris Payton, who are two threats down low. Kent State can get the job done, but they need to take what they did or excuse me, did in the MAC tourney and just put it up here. That's what it's going to take for Kent State to come out on top and even make a run. I feel like they just have to elevate their game by a whole other level in order to get to the Elite Eight. Kent State is a team that America has kind of said, like, they could win a pair of games. This could be a second weekend team before Selection Sunday came out. Now, especially against a team like the Hoosiers, who is very good and has a very rich tradition, you're going to really need to skyrocket your game to make sure that you get into the Sweet 16. Yeah, and I feel like... uh, Sorry, Enzo, to cut you off. And and I feel like, Matt, we're, we're getting to the point where if Kent State can beat Indiana... I think it doesn't matter who they play in the second round. They can I play agree. Drake. I they agree. can play Miami. I think if you've already beat a team like Indiana, you've already been through the fire. Yeah, How that's much what I more molding people. do you need to have? And, and I, I think told, that could easily okay. put your team in a like that could put your team in the sweet sixteen. And if you end up playing Houston again, I think I mean Houston I think will win. I mean that that's just a little bit of where I think my bracket's going. But, like, if they play Houston a second time after going through the round of 64 and the round of 32, I think Rob Senderoff is going to say, hey, this Houston team is hurt right now. They had all their guys the first matchup. We need to take advantage of these injuries affecting this team. And we have film from the first time out. We have film from when – Memphis beat them in the championship game. We have the film of where this team has faltered. But again, this all starts when they play Indiana. And if they beat Indiana and Albany, then this tournament can get shook up quick because Kent State has the ability. I haven't seen a team like this from Kent State in years. This may be the best team in Kent State history since 2002. This this is going to be insane if they can end up beating Indiana, but it all starts on Friday at 9.55 p.m. I told our own Gabe Kalura, I hate to cut you off, Austin, but yeah, or Enzo, excuse me, but I told Gabe, our own Gabe Kalura yesterday, if we beat Indiana, we're going to the Sweet 16. If Kent State gets the job done, they can easily handle a Drake or a Miami. So it's all a matter of who they run into, and like you said, if it is Houston, 
they have the tape and Marcus Sasser's injury is in question. So we'll see how they do with that, you know, little bit of transparency in the locker room. So we'll see how they do here in this opening round matchup because it's going to tell a lot. Yeah, yeah, it is. And Austin, I agree with you on saying this is probably the best Kent State team since that 2002 team that made it to the Elite Eight. And remember, if that happens, you get 50 bucks if you submit in our bracket. But uh, and enough with that. I mean, this team is really good. That team in 2017, they were like a very low seed in the MAC tournament. And they just got lucky getting in. Just they came hot at the right time. And, and I think that's what Kent needs to do. You know, like you guys said, need to elevate the game against Indiana. I mean, Indiana has been good this year, but they've kind of been like on and off on games this past year. I mean, they lost to Penn State in the semifinals of the Big Ten Championship Tournament. I mean, they played close against Michigan, but, you know, Michigan solid team, and then they lost to I- Iowa early, a couple weeks before, a couple days before the Big Ten Tournament. So I think this is a game where just if Kent just has their A game on, like they have been in the MAC Tournament, they can win this game. This game, I'm, and I'm saying Kent's going to win this game by, like, 10 or more points it's going to be like 10 or less i would say like four to six points at the most really i mean if but if they beat this indiana team i mean you look it's either drake or miami they're going to play in the next round and i think they would have a good shot at being either one of those i would say they'd have a better shot against drake versus miami but still if they beat Indiana, i mean that just gets their confidence high going that they're going to play well and then the if they make it to the sweet 16 against houston they played houston earlier this season and only lost by like five or six points i mean they played t- tough against them they played tough against gonzaga they played tough against charleston this team can literally play against anyone they played against some of the toughest teams in college basketball in the regular season and now it's time to show if they can do it in the big dance so if you're gonna bet on this game what are you gonna do that's a good question wow all right um while Matt thinks about this, I was kind of waiting for him to jump in there. While Matt <laughs> thinks about thinks about this, here's what I'm going to do, okay? And this is happening live as we speak. He's live betting, folks. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna nuke wow. Kent State money line. I'm I'm nuking Kent State money line. Okay, it's going to happen. I believe Kent State is a matchup nightmare for Indiana. I might sound delusional for the outsiders who have not watched any <laughs> Mac basketball. That's fine. But when you have two amazing guards like Sincere Carey and Malik Jacobs, and they have to go ahead and play guys like Trace Jackson Davis and a guard in Jalen Hood Shafino, and they play other players on that team like Trey Galloway, Race Thompson, etc. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I have the utmost confidence that Sincere Carey and Malik Jacobs can get it done against elite talent. I think that when you look at the forwards that Kent State has, and in in particular, I guess we can just kind of go off the grid and say, you know, God, I, I just lost my train of thought. But um, no, but other guards that they have like uh, Sollinger, he he's a great guy that comes off the bench and he can get you a couple threes. My big question mark for Kent State is how is Von Cameron Davis going to play? Because it seems like he is an anemic black hole on offense more times than not, and I hate saying that about him because he's the 2020 Mister Ohio High School Player of the Year. But those two quick threes that he had in the championship game that makes a difference. It really does. Uh, if you can go out there and make a couple threes and just try and find your way into the game for Von Cameron Davis, I mean, it, it could go far. Uh, LaRon Hornbeek, get the boards. You know, you, you got to get the boards. It, it's plain and simple. I, I honestly think with Kent State that they're going to be a matchup nightmare for Indiana. Indiana's going to walk into that game feeling cocky. I think Mike Woodson's not going to be able to make adjustments. I think Rob Senderoff is going to just find a way in general, even though I've bashed Rob Senderoff in the past. Oh, so many times you mm-hmm. So yeah. many times you bash him. Yeah. And now look at him for the second time in his career. Yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. If, if he could somehow make more adjustments than Mike Budenholzer can in an NBA playoffs on Friday night, <laughs> then Kent State's going to win this game. I'm nuking the money line, and I'm nuking their spread. I just don't see how I don't. Uh, in terms of an over-under, man, I'm going to probably lean with the under only because I think with 
Indiana, if they're getting clamped, and we all know that Kent State is a very under-prominent team, uh, they or under-dominant, excuse me, they've hit the under 19 times this year. If they clamp Indiana, that game's going under. That's all I got to say. All right, Matt, the floor is yours. Yeah, so I feel like if those guys that don't really make an impact off the stat sheet for Kent State have a really good game, and they make an impact on the stat sheet and on the floor as well, more importantly, guys like Von Cameron Davis, guys like Jalen Sullinger, he can really make an impact at the three. And also guys like Hornbeak, like you said, then I'm in agreement with you, Austin. But the thing is, I'm not sure if sitting here today, I'm just not confident in that happening. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if that were to happen come Friday night, if everybody that's wearing a Kent State jersey just goes off and plays a really good team brand of ball like we haven't seen in the regular season, then I would totally do that. However, as we sit here tonight, boys, I don't really feel that confident. So I would go the Indiana money line and the spread, and then the over-under. This is kind of like could go either way. Kent State, like you said, Austin is a really good defensive team. But I think it's going to be one of those games where the over is going to hit like in the final two minutes, I'd say, depending on what the line's at. Because Indiana can really score the basketball. So I'll go the over, but it's going to be one of those instances where it's going to hit like at one of the final moments of the game. All right. So me, if I'm betting, I mean, this is honestly like a very tough one, especially because it's money line. I mean, Indiana's the better overall team. But, you know, like we all mentioned, Kent has guys like Malik Jacobs, Vaughn Cameron Davis, Sullinger who's coming off the bench in Drain three. And don't forget about Sincere Carey, who, who's – I've heard his name quoted many times saying that he's going to be like a March Madness name to bet everyone will be talking <laughs> about, like Charles Barkley, Kenny the Jet Smith, uh, coined that from uh, Barstool, Big, Big Cat. But as I'm looking at this, I really think you got to hammer the Kent State spread big time. Like I said earlier, I think Kent, if they're going to win, it'll be four to six points. So that, that that spread will hit if you bet Kent State. I might have to go with the money line. I mean, I, I took them against Toledo. I took them against Akron. They haven't failed me yet. I'm rolling with the flashes money line over under. It's like you guys say, it could go either way, really. But I, I'm going to go with really what Matt was saying on the uh, over. It might hit in the last two minutes. It depends on how many points are just scored up in this whole entire game and, like, how, like, is it going to be a more defensive game from both squads or is it going to be, you know, a little bit more high scoring from both sides? Because Indiana can can shoot and so can Ken with sincere carry. So that is our predictions for Friday's game against Indiana and, who knows? Kent can make it to the Sweet 16. Heck, maybe to the Elite 8, and you can win 50 bucks. <laughs> Man, whoever has them in the Elite 8 and they put in the bracket challenge, I commend you if we make it I that mean, far. I, I, that I would be an insane thing. I didn't have Kent in our uh, bracket challenge go to the Elite 8. I haven't gone to the Sweet 16, but I, I did place like a couple small bets on Kent making it to the Final Four and the championship where, yeah, I have a chance <laughs> to win a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just like, I don't wanna I don't wanna put them in the Elite Eight. Like, first of all, that's self collusion that one of the co hosts uh would win fifty if that were to happen. And uh on top of that, I don't know if this team is even Elite Eight built. We'll find out so they play in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so sticking with March Madness, uh briefly talk about like what are some other schools you're looking forward to watch and everything and you know, who's who do you see really being in the final four in the national championship i have a really unpopular opinion i think compared to other brackets i've seen and i could be wrong with that statement but when i'm talking to people they don't really have this team going all the way i think this is Purdue's year i think they're gonna do it i don't know it's something about that team where everybody said oh what's the rebuilding here in west lafayette i i feel like the way that that team now granted that team has been limping as of late. We can all agree to that statement. But, <clears throat> excuse me, first Big Ten title since 09, tournament-wise, second one in program history. I feel like just the way that that Purdue team carries themselves, 
it seems as though that they always have a chip on their shoulder because of the fact that everyone said this is a rebuilding year, and now all of a sudden they have arguably one of the best players in the country in Zach Eady. And I just think that looking at the bracket, filling it out, I just had Purdue running the table. I, It's just something about the Boilermakers that make me look at them and go, oh yeah, this team can go the lengths with Houston. This team can go the lengths with UCLA, who I have in my can go the lengths with Alabama. This is a year where you don't, where no one can really come together as a nation and be like, "That's the team that's winning the national championship." There, there's not a that's this isn't the year for it. So I feel like this is going to be all over the place. But I'm um, locking in Purdue as my national champion. Yeah, um, I disagree. I mean, I get why it's an unpopular opinion, and I just don't see Purdue. Having the fortitude to even make it out of their region, I don't even have them in the final four. Uh, I think the one team that, and I have been very sneaky about saying this, but there's one team that I have in my bracket right now that I think can go on a legitimately deep run, and no one has seen it coming, and that's Kansas State. Kansas State from the Big 12 has had an incredible year. And I think they can go ahead and win that region. Do I have them winning it all? No, I don't. Because I think at the end of the day, when I look at a team that's going to win it all, I'm going to look at the most complete team. And the most complete team, in my opinion, despite all the controversy that they've had, is Alabama. Brandon Miller is the best player in the country. Nate Oates is one heck of a coach. And they can shoot. They can defend. They can get out in transition. They can do everything that a team would want to do in winning games. And I think Alabama, despite them being a powerhouse in football, I think this is the year they win a national championship for basketball. I think just out of every team in this tournament, Alabama kind of has an easy path when you look at their region. Because at the end of the day, they're going to have to get by a 16 seed that they're probably going to blow out by 50. Let's be honest. Then you're going to probably have to play West Virginia or Maryland. I have them playing West Virginia. I think West Virginia is the better team. Uh, Big 12 against Big 12 or no Big 12 against SEC. That's just how it is for that second round. I, I don't have West Virginia beating Bama. They might give them a game, but I think Bama will win. And then I just go down that region and I think to myself, well, there's really no team that, in my opinion, can beat Bama other than let's just throw out Arizona. Because I think Arizona at the two seed, despite how everyone says, oh, it's Arizona's year, the Pac-12 is very weak. And I, I think that the Pac-12 isn't as good of a basketball conference as people think it is. So I'm going to go ahead and just say Bama wins their region. And I think that they play Kansas State in the, in the Final Four. But getting back to Kansas State, I look at their region in particular and, and I try to wrap my head around like, what is the one team that no one could probably have going that far? What's the one team that out of the top four seeds can legitimately make some damage happen. And it's Kansas state. They have beat teams on their own courts. Like, like they've been able to beat Kansas before they've been able to just beat some of these big teams in the, in the big 12 because the big 12 is so damn competitive. So I know I'm going long and I keep rambling about Kansas State, but they're going to beat Montana State without a doubt. Then they'll probably play Providence because I don't, I don't think Kentucky makes out of the first round. There, they're going to win that game. Uh, Marquette, I, they can definitely hang with Marquette. So give me Marquette against Kansas State. And then in that Elite Eight, I have Purdue and Kansas State. And I just think Kansas State's guards are better. And yeah, they, and Purdue might have Zach Eady, but guess what? Bigs don't win you championship games. They don't win you those games of college basketball. It's guard play. So you mean to tell me that Fletcher Lawyer is going to step up and try and be this, this hero for Purdue? I'm just not buying it. Give me Kansas State to win that region. I think that's the one team this year that could really make some noise that no one's talking about. In terms of small upsets, watch out for Furman. Furman and the Paladins have a great offense. Uh, I think a lot of people are talking about Furman beating up on 
Virginia, I don't see it happening, but you know, Furman could easily make the Sweet 16 as well. Uh, UC Santa Barbara is another good team, but I don't see them beating up on Baylor. I think Baylor and UC Santa Barbara will have a close game, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take the Bears. And then I could e- I could be obvious and say Oral Roberts, but with how Duke's been playing, I think Duke is just going to beat them. Like I know Oral Roberts has been good all year, and, and they've been this talk of the town for a tourney team, but I'm going to go ahead and take Duke. They've just been playing better as of late. The big upset that I can see happening is Vermont over Marquette. The Catamounts have been great for years, and they've been getting to these tournament games and playing close games. I had Vermont winning last year against Houston, I think it was, and they almost did it. So I, I think that if there's a big upset that's eminent, it could be that, or Kent State. But um, Vermont would be a game that I really watch. And I might change my bracket by tourney time and say Vermont wins. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think – those are some upsets you got to watch. Kansas State's a very big sleeper. I think Bama wins the entire thing. And so real quick before we go to you, um, if Austin is – what he's saying is true about Kansas State, I feel like if they make the Final Four, people are going to look at the Big 12 as a real force in college basketball because to me, I feel like that conference has just been under the radar and it's just been so competitive. And I feel like that's the reason why is just because it's just like – oh, it's just Kansas and no one else. But if Kansas State were to go in there and go to the Final Four and go to Houston and play and really hang, I feel like people are going to look at that conference and be like, wow, this is really one of, if not maybe the best conference in college basketball. Yeah, and, and going to the Big 12, I can agree with you guys. I can see you know Kansas State, Kansas, and Baylor. I can see uh, those three teams in the Big 12 making a real deep run. Yeah, I think – you know, Texas might make a run or maybe even West Virginia, but I'm not really counting on those games that much as they look at the way the tournament happened. But it looks like, you know, Baylor's been a solid team all year. And what, kind of what Austin said about Kansas, yeah, this could, this could be a team that make a run. And Kansas, you know, defending national champions, but you never know. Usually the national, the defending national champion doesn't usually win it back-to-back every year in the pool of 64. As I'm looking, it's like, Purdue is literally a hit or miss team. Like, yeah, they can make it all the way to the final four or they can be out in the second or sweet 16. I mean, same with Marquette too. I don't see UCLA really doing anything in the stance. Yeah. They, they might even lose to UNC Asheville maybe, or maybe they lose to Boise State or Northwestern. Looking at, I think Gonzaga, you know, everyone's like, like picking Gonzaga. They're consistent, but I don't know about this Gonzaga team this year at all. And, Honestly, I think, like you're right, Alabama is the best team in the country. I think they can make the Final Four. I think, you know, second round between Maryland and West Virginia should be that hard. I think that Sweet 16 game all depends if they play San Diego State, uh, Charleston, or Virginia. I think, you know, they're more than likely going to play Charleston, to be honest. Like, that team has been so hot this past season. I I think they would put up a fight against Alabama. Um, and I'm looking at, you know, Houston mainly coming out of the West. And, yeah, it's probably like the only team I'm looking at that we can really come out of there and make the Final Four. I mean, maybe Xavier. I don't see Iowa really. Or Texas or Texas A&M. But I, I would actually lean towards A&M, Texas A&M instead of Texas. Uh, right now that first four game is pretty close. Uh, Southeast Missouri and Texas A&M CC. It's six. Was it 66 67 right now? It's that game is in a bloodbath, and yeah, I'm really thinking it's gonna either be Bama or Houston really winning it all this year. I don't know. I just every year I'm just not sold on Houston. I don't know what it is. I, I'm just not sold on Houston going the full nine. I don't just don't see them going the full 100 yards and. and in winning, like I understand, they're a good team, and I I know that Coach Sampson is a hell of a coach, but I don't know if they match up against Iowa. Iowa is such a weird team because Iowa in the Big Ten, they have played some great games this year in terms of you know just their team being good. I feel like if they played Iowa in the second round, Iowa could give them everything they've been they've been asking for. I'm just not sold on Houston. Maybe it's because they play in the American. Maybe that's why that I'm not sold on the Houston Cougars all the way. 
but they will be in the Big 12 starting next year. So then there is no excuse for them at that point. But, man, I don't know. If there's one big seed that I feel like I just really don't know about when I when I look at the one or two seeds, I think UCLA goes really far. I think UNC Actual gives them a fight the first game, but I think UCLA could easily make the Final Four. Uh, Kansas, they, they have one hell of a squad. I will – I, I love Kansas for what they did for me last year, but it is so hard to win twice in a row. It truly is. I feel like Texas can be fraudulent. I don't know how I feel about Texas going far. I, I think that they can. I just I don't know in the Midwest if they can beat a scorching hot Penn State team right now or Texas A&M or, or an Xavier. I, I just don't know if they can make it out of that region. And then obviously Houston for obvious reasons. Uh, Marquette, they could easily lose round one, let's be honest. And even if that, they could maybe lose to Michigan State if Michigan State draws them in the second round. Purdue, Elite Eight team, I just that's I think that's their cap, the Elite Eight team. I don't see them going Final Four. Arizona, Elite Eight team, maybe a Sweet 16 team. Bama, I just think they're the clear best team. It, it, this is going to be a very interesting March Madness. That's all I can say. Yeah, I agree with you. This is, and, you know, uh, it looks like Toledo is going to lose to Michigan in the NIT. So I, I think we knew they they were going to play close against them, but not really going to win against Michigan. But I think we'll get into the women's bracket uh, briefly as uh, Toledo, they're the one who advanced out of the MAC to, their, to the dance. Uh, they're taking on Iowa State. On Saturday at 3.30 on ESPN2, I would say it's a fifth seed. But, but that, Toledo team, that Toledo's women's team was pretty dominant in the MAC tournament. They literally, you know, destroyed every team. I mean, they played a tough game against the rivalry Bowling Green, and they were able to win that too. Yeah, they managed to go into Cleveland, beat Kent State in the second round pretty good, managed to beat Bowling Green, in a dogfight, but in the first round, they faced off against the eighth seed in Buffalo and went to overtime. So, obviously, after day one of the tourney, a lot of people had questions about, is Toledo kind of playing down to their competition? The answer was no. (laughs) The answer was Toledo stepped their game up a lot and managed to play a more all-around brand of basketball. They... Took Kent State toe to toe, a strong second half. I feel like if Toledo was going to have a shot, which I do think they do, and I can see an upset coming against Iowa State, Quinesha Lockett is their best player, and Quinesha Lockett really needs to be an all around force. She can really score all around, but if she steps up her defensive game, I think that Toledo can really pull a shocker against the Cyclones. Yeah, I just think that. With Toledo and I and I had them losing to Bowling Green, by the way, that uh that didn't end well. But I, I to kind of before I continue, Enzo, did you call that perfectly? That entire I game? I'm pretty sure I, I did call bracket? that. Perfect, yeah, I had a perfect bracket, bracket in the women's. I'm pretty sure in the men's too. Uh, yeah, perfect <laughs> bracket. Yeah, I I know we called every game last weekend before the MAC championship came looking, out. I'm pretty uh, sure we called. Every single game, right in terms of yeah, yeah, we had a four and zero spread first round. Yeah, as I'm looking, interesting. Our overrunners suck. Yeah, but uh, still, yeah, yeah, there's the men's. Oh yeah, we had a perfect bracket in both, and and you had a perfect bracket for the uh, women. The women's is right too. Oh yeah, yeah. Gosh, of course, of course, I missed with Bowling Green. Regardless, though, with Toledo, uh, I don't really know too much about Toledo's women's team to really give my in-depth analysis. But with Toledo, they are a 12 seed. Iowa State is a 5 seed. I just think that Iowa State's the better team. I'm not going to try and talk like I know what I'm talking about. Uh, I think Toledo loses. But if they win, congratulations, you're going to the round of 32. So that's just just kind of how I see it. Matt, you know this a little more than I do, but... I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take the, the Big 12 school over the Mac school here. All right. Well, I, I was able actually to find just 
there is a spread and an over-under in the game, it is Iowa State minus nine, Toledo plus nine. I betting in women's basketball, I realize is not fun. I did it with Kent State and Toledo. It didn't end well, and I'm like, I give up on betting on college women's basketball. But it is, it is an entertaining product. I'll give you that. I think if I was, I think I would take Iowa State to cover, but and I, but I would take the under. It's, it's women's basketball is not that high scoring. Mm-hmm. I would say that if you really want to shore bet, Iowa State is a safe pick, but it's not that crazy to have Toledo cover. That's the thing because if Toledo was on their A game, I definitely think they can keep it to under a nine point affair. So. If you're feeling a little dangerous come game day and you're looking at that Iowa State Toledo game, you're like, huh, I, yeah, let's, let's, let's have cover Toledo. It's not the worst idea in the world. All right. So, yeah, that's our March Madness episode. We got, uh, remember, uh, go to our Instagram page. We have the link to sign up for our tournament challenge, $10 buy-in, uh, just Venmo app, pass the mic. You know, first place gets 70%, second place gets 20 third place gets 10%. Remember, if Kent State goes to the Elite Eight or further, that outcome happens, you get $50. And also, uh, make sure you have your brackets in by, uh, by, the, by the first game, or else, you know, you won't be valid to accept any of the wings. That includes your payment, too. Uh, so far, i got a couple people. A lot of people I do know, except for there's always that one person who joins your bracket, and they're just the ESPN generic, and you're like, who is this guy and what happens if I win? Because I do not know how to give him his money. <laughs> like, how often like, does that happen? Like, anyone's like group so far this year or just in the past? Not to me, no. That doesn't sound like something that happened to me before. No, that hasn't happened to me either. I mean, like, with the, the groups that I run for money, uh, obviously, Enzo, you're more so the, the treasurer for this one. But for the sports department for TV2, I, I know everybody. So like I know how to get them their money, and then with my, with my dad's twenty dollar bracket challenge, which is over two hundred bucks right now, which I, I'm really I'm really invested in that one, clearly, and I'm all run, I'm all running the same bracket, but um, yeah, I mean that one my dad would handle if one of his buddies won, but if one of my buddies won, I don't know how to handle it. But I I don't really have any random people that. That join these bracket challenges. Like I mean, yeah, that's straightforward. Yeah, that's happened to me in the past with the past the mic bracket challenge, but we would be giving out a gift card. All right. Mm-hmm. And, and plus, we have a group password too. The group password is Maction to join our ESPN tournament challenge. Not that hard, but the Mac Maction. And yeah, I guess someone just found it on social media and one of those randoms who wants to just get in like every single bracket on the internet finds his way. And Did they send you money or no? I only think they sent me money. So I'm like, all right, how can I get you your money if you didn't send me Well, money? if they didn't send you money, then don't accept their bracket if they won. Oh, I, I, if, if they that's went, You if cut they, them out of the deal and you give it the yeah. second place. Yeah. Like, well, they, they won't get anything if they come in first, second, or third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll give it to whoever's like the one who's paid me. Yeah, yep. That's how it would work. I started to get those brackets in. I think, you know, call more people in. You know, we got all day Wednesday to get your brackets in. I know that's like the most common day for people who just are casual college basketball fans and do like their research last minute. And I know like usually Thursday you're pushing at the limit because you only got to probably wake up like six. So I only give you like six hours to really fill out your bracket and get everything in. So get those brackets in. Uh, we'll be back with another episode. I would say whenever Kent State gets eliminated from the tournament. Oh, <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. Bet the Mac. Bet the Mac. Share those slips. Bet the Mac. <laughs>